Welcome to episode number 311 of Category 5 Technology TV. It's Tuesday, the 3rd of September, 2013. Nice to see you. I'm Robbie Ferguson. I'm Eric Kidd. Hey, Eric. How's everybody out there? How you doing? <laughs> I'm going to tell you what's coming up in the newsroom. Awesome. Yahoo's news and community services have shut down in China following the closure of its email service last month. Uh, a man has used Twitter's promoted tweets to get through to British Airways. Okay. And Microsoft is buying Nokia's mobile phone business. And if you're sick of cold calls on the phone, here's a fellow who is uh, getting paid to answer. Stick around. These stories are coming up later in the show. All right. Hey, we've got an amazing show for you tonight. We've got this guy here, the Rico Magic MK602. We're going to be looking at it. It is an amazing device that will turn your television set into a smart TV. A smart that. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. This is Category 5 Technology TV. EcoAlkalines, we believe you should be able to trust your batteries not just here, but here, here, and here. But with one exception, you should also be able to trust your batteries here. EcoAlkalines are the world's first and only certified carbon neutral battery manufactured to the highest standards of recycling and quality, without any trace amounts of harmful chemicals like mercury, lead, or cadmium. EcoAlkalines provide performance that rivals leading national alkaline battery brands at a comparable price. Find out more about the EcoAlkalines difference. EcoAlkalines.com This is Category 5 Technology TV. I'm your host, Robbie Ferguson. And I'm Eric Kidd, better known as co-host or gang or crew or... Homeboy? Something like that. Some of us call him <laughs> Homeboy because we're so old school. Indeed. Hmm. Well, you're going to tell them about the mobile site? I guess I could. Uh, hey, check out our mobile site, hey, m.cat5.tv. Just scan that code or go to that website. Using your smartphone, using your tablet, you'll be able to listen to the show live. You'll be able to watch on-demand video and even tune in to the live video broadcast here at Category 5 every week. And remember, Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. And the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. All right. One of the other things I want to look at tonight, a little bit later, I want to look at Google Calendar and how we can get that integrated into your website. So uh, if you're into that, uh, hey, stick around. We're going to be looking at that as well. I want to say welcome to our newly registered viewers on Category5.tv. We had a few this week, and it's always nice to have people joining us and registering. Um, if you're watching the show and you're not so sure, humming and hawing, you know, do I really bother to register? Is it really worth my while? Well, hey, it's free. It's way worth your while. It's free, and we encountered it uh, last week where, you know, if you don't register right away, then you're losing out on some of the time that you could have been registered because we have timed awards that happen. So if you've been watching for 250 weeks, for example, well, the only way we can know that is when you register. So it's advantageous for you to do so. So greetings tonight uh, to our new viewers. Um, it I'm, you folks to come up with stuff we can pronounce. I'm not going to touch it. <laughs> I, nan and 13. Nan and and? Nan and 13. Na- nana. Nan and D13. Nana and D13. One of the. Nan and 
Thanks for uh, mm-hmm. joining us here at the Category 5 community. Nice to have you here. Uh, also, love your license plate, JSP21C. Hey. Kind of got a ring to it. It does. It's like... I want to know what it stands for. JSP921C. It's like a rhyme. No, I can't believe that. And how do you pronounce this? There are too many consonants in a row. A, B, Q, T, K, Y. Or Uh, Alpha, Bravo, Queen, Tango, Kilo, Yellow. Impressive. Yes. Uh, First of all, the the field that says nickname, uh, username, that's where you're supposed to put your username. The password, which you entered in there, (laughs) is supposed to go into the password field. Don't you hate when you've... I've done that. You know, you're you're doing something quick in front of somebody, and you realize that you just, just posted typed your, your password, password to Twitter into the username, <laughs> and like the folks sitting there, then whoa, that's a nasty password. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can happen to you. Uh, we have an interesting night ahead of head for us because uh, we did not. Now we're you've not, had an interesting week, have you not? I know, but we're not we're not tardy, and we're not um, we're not. We're not, not trying tonight. I was here with three minutes to spare before the show impressive, started. Impressive, impressive. Uh, but the fact is, okay, so yesterday, I, I'll just really, really quickly, basically we got hit by lightning. We survived. You had long blonde hair before I did. That, it didn't was you? beautiful. Um, so, so backing up a little bit, yesterday morning, uh, we, uh, well, I was uh, brushing up some vegetables that my mom had dropped off. She brought in a whole box of them from her garden. And lots of tomatoes. Way to go, Mom. I didn't get any. Yeah, well, hey, I'll give you a tomato. <laughs> I saved you one. Uh, I've got lots of tomatoes and a zucchini, and uh, and I had a great big eggplant there. And I saw the eggplant. I'm looking at that. I still got I it because it didn't fit chili. I wasn't. I was like, no, I'm not putting eggplant in my chili. It just mm. doesn't doesn't the, suit. The aubergine. <laughs> so I, I, I was cleaning up and, and getting some tomatoes ready. I was going to make a nice chili on uh, Monday night, yeah. which I did. And, you know, you start that early Bob in the morning. Ganoush, that's what you need to make with that. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm making it early in the morning because it's got to simmer on the stove for many, many hours. So I'm standing there, and, and all of a sudden this little storm cloud rolls into Barry and brings with it all the warnings <laughs> and everything. It's kind of like that. And literally, I'm standing there at the window in the kitchen, and a lightning bolt strikes right down outside of the window, you know, a little ways down, just over the tree line, but so close that all my golden, beautiful hair got singed off, if you're wondering why I'm bald tonight. Uh, That close. (laughs) It was so loud, like the house shook, and the kids were, you know, freaked out for a moment's time. Um, But fortunately, we didn't lose any equipment here at the studio because we've got UPSs on everything. My dog made it underneath the couch. I don't know how she did that. Yeah. (laughs) She was like this, and she's... It wasn't happy at all. (laughs) Um, so we didn't lose any equipment thanks to the UPSs. We did lose two UPSs, though, um, because of the surges that came in. Um, and, you know, it protected our equipment, but it zapped the devices that were hardwired into the wall. And also, I guess, the coaxial cable running into the cable modem also carried a charge and fried our cable modem. So fortunately, that's a rental. So they we were without internet for about 20 hours, and they... Um, brought one in today and replaced it for us. So up until very close to showtime, we were, you know, are we going to have internet? Are we not going to have internet? Uh, Usually it takes many hours to prepare the content of the show. Tonight we did not have the liberty of all the time that we normally have because we didn't have internet. So, And you really realize how reliant you are on internet when you don't have it. And you're about to do an international broadcast on the internet. Speaking of international broadcasts, can I just commend our friend Jot, 
whom we know and love and have for a long time. But you said coaxial. It should be coaxial. Oh. Yeah. And and Jop pointed that out for us. Well done, I was sir. going to, and I bit my tongue, but when I'm backed by the almighty Jot. I'm going to start saying coaxial. Just you said beta instead of beta. Of course. Why not? It depends on whether you're talking about the fish or something that is in beta testing. Well, beta testing. No. Beta. You make beta. me sick. It was a beta tape versus VHS. <laughs> you mean it's not VHS? <laughs> hey, listen. Okay, so back to back on yeah. track. Our UPS is two of them got fried. He cooked Everything, his vegetables. Yeah, I did all that. The chili was magnificent. It his was hair beautiful. is gone. Fortunately, the power didn't go out because I would have really felt bad having cut up all those tomatoes and not having power to to cook them. <laughs> but uh, uh, we lost two UPSs and they are not fixable. So I, I've got them in e-waste. Fortunately, though, I was going through some old stuff because I priced out. Backing up a little, I, I priced out what it would cost to replace the two UPSs, and it's $180 each because they're 1,500 volt amps, and you know they're fairly powerful for the equipment that we plug into them, and decent little UPSs. Um, but rather than going out and quickly buying them, uh, maybe a good thing that it was a holiday yesterday because I didn't have that kind of temptation to not shop around. But so what I did is I actually took three UPSs which we had that had dead batteries. Ah. Right from the past, and they were from the old Studio B. Uh, they were powering our lights, and we had two 1,000 volt amps and a 1,500 volt amp in the server room. And those three UPSs were completely dead because the batteries were gone. So instead of going out and buying two UPSs at 180 bucks a piece, took the old three UPSs into the shop and asked them to quote me on replacing the batteries. All three UPSs, 120 bucks plus shipping plus tax. So for less than, less than the price of buying one single UPS, essentially we're going to get three UPSs out of it. So, um, and, and you know what? Although you sacrificed some UPSs, what a great job they did. They saved... They, yeah, the, the, I can't, I can't <laughs> complain about the fact that we fried saved two UPSs gear. because one of the UPSs was plugged into server hardware in the server room. Um, so you know, it could have been much, much worse. Um, so easy, easy to fix. Uh, so we're going to replace those. And so I wanted to thank those of you who were able to donate this week. Of course, uh, it's it's an ebb and flow where the funds from donations go, depending on the need from week to week, whether it be Internet hosting bills and bandwidth bills, uh, things like that. This week, it is going to be these batteries for the UPSs. And we really appreciate your support because we need them in order to operate. Right now, tonight, fortunately, no storms. Um, we do have a couple of peripherals that are unfortunately having to be plugged directly into just a surge, pr- surge protector. We're living dangerously, kids. So if the power goes out, <laughs> we could lose some of our gear. So um, so hopefully that doesn't happen tonight. But uh, that's where we're at. So I think that's uh, you know being a good steward of the money that you donate because I want to be open and honest with you about where it goes. And, and I think being able to get three UPSs for the price of one is, is a really great thing. And they just happen to be old hardware yeah. that we happen to have in stock that was Beautiful. basically broken, but very, very fixable. So, okay. Um, also, if you'd like to, um, you can send me a private message on Freenode. It's Category 5 is our chat room. You can double-click on Robbie F. or Eric Kidd. And uh, if you'd like me to use TeamViewer, this is kind of cool, Eric. I can use TeamViewer to get into your computer, and we can do a remote session and help you out. Um, really love to do that sometime soon. Uh, time may not allow it tonight, so if, if you do want to do it, I may not be able to do it tonight. But I just kind of keep putting that out there because uh, I think it's a cool way for you to be able to get some free support and a fun way for us to interact with our global audience as well. Indeed. So, so 
Also, if you have a question, you can call us on our on our phone. 254-522-8588, which is translated to 25-45-CAT5TV. 2545-CAT5TV. It's got a rhythm, doesn't it? Are you guys ready to see this thing? Mm. This thing is way cool. It's awesome. Okay. It says that right there, doesn't it? Whoa. Awesome. It's a quad core. I thought it was a two core. Quad core. Awesome. Even, oh, that's the GPU. It's a dual core CPU, quad core GPU, 3D acceleration, OpenGL, OpenVG, Flash 11.1, Android Jelly Bean, Cortex A9 main frequency up to 1.6 gigahertz, one gig of RAM, eight gigabytes of built-in storage, it's got T-Flash, expandable micro SD up to 32 gigabytes. It's got 802BGN, Bluetooth, and a microphone and camera. you got to check this thing out. Okay, and so. Microphone and camera. All right. I've got it plugged in here. I'm going to uh, uh, just show it to you. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, we've got the camera up at the front. And what's really, really <laughs> neat about the, 802, uh, the MK602, uh, I should say, is that it actually mounts on top of your television set. Um, so a couple of real quick, you know, just a really quick overview. On the back here, I've got power AC input. It's got an AC adapter. You don't have to monkey around with getting power to this thing. No USB or anything like that to power it. It actually has AC power, so you can plug it directly into your UPS. Uh, you've got an on-off switch. You've got, get this, audio video output. So you can, we're talking backwards compatibility? I'm talking backward <laughs> compatibility. Here's the, the innard of the box, and we're talking... These bad boys, RCA style, RCA cable. yeah, yellow, white, and red. So if you've got an older TV, VCR, DVD recorder, whatever it is, you can plug this thing into it. If you're using a CRT TV, you can plug this thing in, and now all of a sudden, imagine this: you've got a CRT TV from 1976, and you the year have, my guitar was born. <laughs> effectively, <laughs> you've turned a CRT television for the first time possible, into uh, a full smart TV. Wow. Internet connected with Android's uh, o- operating system. Okay, so that's amazing because you do not, here's the thing, is you do not have to upgrade your television. Instead, you throw this device on it, which is $95, thereabouts, maybe get it on sale online, and it will turn your television, whether it be a, a, a CRT or an HDMI input TV, into a smart TV. So as I say, it has HDMI output as well, 1080p full HD, uh, but it's downward compatible all the way down to 480p. So wow. you can scale that down. Tonight we're using it at 720p just because that's the scale that we broadcast in. has two USB uh, ports for peripherals. I've got a, a USB mouse and a USB adapter here for a device that I'm going to show you in a few minutes' time. And then, of course, as I was mentioning, it has the uh, the capacity to put an SD card in there, micro SD, up to 32 so gigs. Save as much as you want. Yeah, you want to save uh, your Google Earth data or lots of emails, <laughs> things like that, onto the SD card. That's brilliant, nice and easy. So, uh, so just simply firing this thing up with the power switch. I'm going to just reboot it just so that you can see what happens here. So there you go. So we've got a red light off the get-go. Flip the power switch there. We get a blue one. There we go. There we go. Good to go. And we'll switch over. And we're booting up. 
I love that this gives you the ability to create a smart TV out of one that is a dumb TV. <laughs> Stupid TV! <laughs> if you have a dumb TV, <laughs> this will do it for you. So there you have it. We're booted up to our Rico Magic device. I've got my mouse here. And uh, you can see I can move that around. I'm going to actually just bring it up a little larger on my screen just so yeah. that I've... Because we're looking at a little thumbnail here at the studio. Let's see what we can do about that. There we go. Okay, so what I want to do is take a quick look at this device. It's magnificent. This is the Rico Magic MK602 set-top box. And you'll see that it is Android uh, 4.1. And we can go in and... and set everything up. So first thing we want to do is connect to your Wi-Fi. You can see it's detecting all of the Wi-Fi that's nearby and you can connect and there we are. We're the new kid on the block. So we've connected. Uh, Bluetooth, Ethernet, whether you want those on or off, everything is default. We just plugged this in for the first time uh, today and I just set up my Wi-Fi and set up a Skype account. But you notice that uh, it actually came with the stuff that we need to get up and running. Uh, it's got a web browser. It's got the Play Store, of course. Uh, but it's also got Skype already pre-installed, and that's kind of a, a bonus. Performance on this device, as you can see, is is really really good. We can let's activate something on the live wallpapers and just kind of see. This is uh, not a de facto way to test performance, but you can see that even with um, with alpha alpha stuff and 3DGL, whatever you call it, it runs really really smooth. That's really nice. Okay, so a couple of things that I want to um, to show you tonight. First and foremost, um, answer your questions about the device. But this is, like I say, it's full HD 1080p. And Pear Tree was emailing me today and had commented on YouTube a while back just saying, are they really 1080p? I, I have heard otherwise or I haven't been able to find any in-depth information. I just want to show you here, if we go into settings here, Pear Tree, uh, and just scroll down to display. Uh, no, it's screen, pardon me. And you'll see there, on this particular device, this is the MK602, we've got two outputs. So our first output interface is the HDMI, and HDMI mode is currently set to 720p at 60 frames per second. Uh, or that may be 60 hertz. Pardon me. Um, and then you can go up to 1080p and down as far as 480p. So that is, as you see, it is there. 1920 by 1080p. That's true 1080. It's not 1440 by 1080. And that is entirely achievable. Um, beyond that, you've got the second output interface. And that is your TV. And that's, as I was saying, there's composite cables included with the device. And you can set it to PAL or NTSC. So that's going to give you the ability now to use this thing, like I say, connect it to just a standard TV. And all of a sudden you're chatting with Ma and Pa or your kids that have gone away to school. I mean, give them one of these and tell them, hey, put this above the TV. And <laughs> all of a sudden you can Skype call and you're having chats with the kids. <laughs> you know, It's fantastic. So full 1080p HD. As I mentioned, it's got Wi-Fi and Ethernet connectivity. So, so where do you go to get one? Well, you can go online. I'm mean, <coughs> ricomagic.com, and we've got links in the show notes for episode number 311. Um, but it's, it's all available through Rico Magic. They're the manufacturers. So what I wanted to show you, now we've mentioned the mouse thing. 
at the okay. most. And it's got a nice bright little... Sorry, was that pointing yeah. at you? <laughs> yeah. Can you guys see that? <laughs> I love lasers. Uh, okay, so we took a look at this a little while ago, the MK702. Uh, two, mm-hmm. two. This is the ultimate HT, uh, H- HDPC, home theater PC, HDPC remote. Best thing you could ever get. And I'm going to show you why. Okay. So we're going to take, why, take the dongle, which I've already taken out of the box because I had to take a look at this thing, and just plug it into the USB. Nothing to it. Oh, BSOD. No, no none of that. I'm kidding. <laughs> it doesn't run Windows. It's only Windows that BSODs when you plug in devices. Okay. Check this thing out. Universal remote. And I'm going to tell you something. It's programmable via infrared. Okay. Okay, so where's the manual? How do I get the codes to program? If it's multi-remote, it's got TV, VCR, DVD, cable, satellite, CD, audio, game, all in this remote. It's got all the buttons that you may need. Well, how do you program it? You take your other remote, the one that came with your TV, and you point it at it, and you program it. Done. Really? It uses... It uses infrared in order to program itself. So very, very easy to program this out of the box. It's really, really simple. That is the infrared portion of the remote. Then we've got the Bluetooth portion of the remote, which is a full QWERTY keyboard, air mouse, everything all entirely integrated into this side of the keyboard. Wow. This is the the ultimate HTPC remote. Then, are you ready for this? Take it one step further. What are we going to be using this thing for? Skype video? Google Hangouts, things like that. But it's hooked up to your TV that's maybe 10 feet away from you, in front of you. And you're not going to sit there, Hey, Mom! Can you hear me? (coughs) So this Bluetooth remote, in fact, has (coughs) a Bluetooth sound system built into it. Really? So you've got a speaker. You've got a microphone. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I'll bet you could. It is Bluetooth. So I can sit here talking on Skype with my remote, and it becomes my microphone as well as my speaker with Skype. Okay, so let's see how hard it is. All I've done is plugged it in. There's no drivers involved or anything. I'm going to bring up the device now. I'm going to move the... That's the laser mouse. I'm going to just simply turn this on. This is the MK7022. And now you see the blue light. That means that Bluetooth is enabled. So I don't know if... uh, What do we need to do? Oh, it's already active. There you go. So this is an air mouse. I'm actually just moving it back and forth like this. And you'll see that my mouse cursor is moving. So using this device... <laughs> what? That's, no, when I first started at the TV station and I put in the first NT network that yeah. all had dumb terminals with keyboards sure. and stuff, you know. Uh, the first person oh, I right. set it up, yes, yes. she was holding the mouse and pointing at the Why screen isn't it like working? this. It's and, not moving. And, and now you're doing it. No, well, now I'm doing it, and it actually is designed for this purpose. So flipping this over, so I've got the QWERTY keyboard on this side. I've got a left mouse button as well as a right mouse button and a mouse hold button. Um, so that is what I can use to simply control what's on my screen. So this is, of course, the MK7022 is you can use this with any device because it's a USB device. So I can simply move around, and it's going to take a little bit, for me, it's going to take a little bit of getting used to because I've never used this before. pointing at this and looking over there, so a little coordination. Yeah, it's true, too, because here in the studio we're kind of 
set up a little bit differently, yeah. but you can see the the accuracy is very, very good. So I'm going to click on Skype here with my controller. There we go. And again, performance you can see is exceptionally good, and it's going to just connect into my Skype account. Ooh, I can wave it around. Who nice. Are we call? Ourselves. Nice thing about an air mouse is that, or, or with this particular device, having an air mouse is that everything is built into this device. You don't need another control. You don't need 15 remotes sitting on the desk. That's all that there is to it. Oh. And with the QWERTY keyboard, you can use it to type, to send emails, to do all that kind of stuff, bring up your web browser. Um, this is already done, and so you can see I can go through and, and click around. I'm going to simply, uh, let's see, I, I'm going to see how I do this. I'm going to try left-click and drag, see if that works. Yes, there we go. And I'm going to have to turn on our Skype on the other system. Let's see how it goes. Internet. Crazy. Yeah. Goes. There we go. Bringing Skype up over there so that I can call myself. <laughs> because we're just so lonely. That uh, Okay. So a video call up here because we want to actually see the video portion of this device. Okay, so we're dialing. And now... Oh, I guess I need to answer over here, don't I? Well, it's so I've, complicated. I've it's okay to talk running to yourself so as many... long as you don't answer, so I don't know. How's... <laughs> Let's see what happens here. You should take okay. it. Okay. Switch over to this computer. And let's see what's... Uh, I think it's making the connection. It's making the connection. There it is. Oh, it says it's ringing. I don't hear a thing. Well, answer it. <laughs> yeah. Did I accidentally dial the device? Let's try again. Okay, I'll disconnect. Call dropped. Okay. Hmm. complicated doing this on three screens here. Alright, try again. Train myself to use an air mouse. There we go. Okay. Okay, call with category 5. Calling. Calling myself. Come on. <laughs> it's been suggested maybe I could hold something for you. You want to hold that up? Since I'm the, the lovely assistant. <laughs> He'll be making faces at it and everything. Thanks, buddy. Let's give it one more go. Okay. Are both machines using the same account, Robbie? No. What have you done not. here? Just ended the Kay. call. I ended the call. I think that there's something up on my computer. Doesn't that figure? Come on, we want to actually see the camera. Uh. <clears throat> All right, let's try making an outgoing call to the device. Here we go, folks. Here we go, folks. Call dropped. Is that what it says? Well, that's what it says there. OK. 
connecting, connecting. Oh, talking. Oh, unable to. It doesn't like you today, Rob. I know. Ferguson. You know what? It's because we've uh, had so much internet trouble. Nobody wants to talk to you. That's what it is. It works great. I promise you it does. What I what I can do. Hey, why don't you have somebody call us? Well, because it, it's not getting an internet connection, and that's only... We've had... In, in case you're just joining us, we did have uh, a lightning strike yesterday morning, and it took out our internet connection and a few other things. And before the show tonight, we did not have the time that we normally have in order to no. um, prepare for the show. So I apologize for that. So let's see what else I can show you here on the device. Okay. I'm bring it up. Well, you had some kind of an internet connection. Yeah, I do. All right. There we go. Okay. I can try, you know, I can try whatever, but it doesn't seem to want to connect to myself through the LAN. Yeah, it could be a Microsoft issue with the blue screen of death. <laughs> You're actually quick to. <laughs> okay, I'm going to. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to close down Skype on the computer. I'm going to bring it back up just in case there's a Skype issue on the computer itself because that I can easily resolve. And then let's try giving a call. Any call coming in? It's ringing. Is it? No, it says it is. I hear something. Where's the phone? <laughs> see, I don't see the call coming in. Do you see the call? You think that you would get an alert or something. But it's obviously coming in. Yeah, I hear something. Hmm. 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 Well, folks... So, not a perfect example tonight of how the device can function, but it does have a built-in video camera, which, you know, hopefully we could... We should take a picture. Well, we can show you that aspect of it anyways, if I don't freeze things up, but well, there's us. Okay, here, let me hold this again. <laughs> and... There's our picture. All right, got it. Well, I moved it just as you did that. Thanks. So we got a little bit of motion blur. That's pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> so the camera, obviously, okay, so it works pretty good. It looks nice. Ooh. But it's, it looks like it's a 4 over 3 frame. <coughs> so, you know, it's not, uh, it's not like a widescreen HD frame. But that's fine because it's for Skype video, right? That's kind of what we right. want it for is to be able to make those video calls. And that's really all that there is to it. So, Cool. So I'm sorry that I couldn't quite Our demonstrate Skype. Our friends in the Skype. chat room think you need to be calling a different account. It looked like you were calling your own account. I was but not calling my own account. He was not calling his own account, okay? <laughs> well, the camera uh, works. Boy. It's a nice camera. The camera works pretty good. This keyboard is fantastic. This device runs really, really well. And I love that it mounts just atop your TV. So yeah. despite the little... If, if there's any issues with Skype or whatever, that's tonight I could have fixed that in a, in a few moments' time, I'm sure, if it was just me playing with this thing on top of my TV. 
I don't have any lack of confidence in the quality of the device. That is just us as per, you know, what I've mentioned. We had some technical issues tonight that had uh, removed some of the time that we would have to prepare for tonight's feature. But as you can see, the device is uh, really, really cool. Oh, it's fabulous. I love the way that it mounts to my monitor. It has just the design of it is very, very well done. And it actually clamps on really, really well to any width of monitor. So, And, and I'm uh, quite... Uh I quite like that little Android. Uh, yeah, you've got the OS. Uh, I've got the the, the yeah. mini PC, which we originally reviewed, um, and they've got the four core model as well. Um, all of it is available through cat5.tv/mini-pc. Check it out. Check out Rico Magic. They're just they're one of these companies that came out of nowhere, and they're bringing out these excellent intuitive devices. And somebody said to me, "Well, what good is turning your TV into a tablet?" Well, I'll tell you what. We've got Netflix. We've got YouTube. And the ability to sit and watch YouTube on the TV using a remote like this and actually controlling it like this is awesome. You can watch things like Category 5 Technology TV on demand anytime you want, commercial-free. You can watch all those kinds of things. And you can sit there and watch honest movie trailers and, and whatever else you want to tune into. And it's all available through, you, through this device. Fabulous really really handy and it's the way things are going i think cable tv is really starting to hurt because they're realizing that people are really making this switch and this is how you can get your existing set without having to go out and buy a new tv like a smart tv to turn your existing television set into a full smart tv with all the latest features using android os this is the mk602 from rico magic we've also got the rico magic mk802 IV, which is the four-core model, and we've previously reviewed the original mini PC on the show as well. But check this out, and of course, the remote that you've got to get for your HTPC. I don't care what model it is, what device you're using. If it's got USB, you've got the ability to use the MK702 too. And we'll post links for all this stuff in the show notes for episode number 311. So there you have it. It is cool stuff. How? Cool is that? We've just recently started watching YouTube on the TV, well, and we have a CRT <coughs> TV, so having one of these set up is fantastic for controlling things like YouTube and Netflix. Is we canceled our cable long ago because so we don't need it anymore. So, well, with YouTube and that and everything else, it's Android. Get RSS feeds, whatever you want to do. It's all there. So. Cool. If you have any questions for us beyond what we answered tonight so far, just uh, send me an email live at category5.tv. Uh, as I say, full 1080p on those devices, and it's true 1080p, 1920 by 1080. Love it. So are you ready uh, to hit the news? Let's hit the news. All right. Well, here are the top stories from the category5.tv newsroom. Yahoo's news and community services have shut down in China following the closure of its email service last month. The Yahoo portal in China contains a farewell message citing adjustments to its operations strategy as the reason for the change. The Yahoo China homepage now redirects users to a site run by Alibaba, which manages Yahoo's Chinese operation. In a farewell message which appears before the redirect, the firm says it is adjusting its operations strategy. It also mm. implies that its staff will be working on Alibaba content instead and thanks users for their support. Interesting. 
Mm-hmm. So just shutting it down. They've got a lot of competition in China, more so than they do here. I mean, we've got you know a few major players, and Google being, of course, you know the big one. But in China, it's like they're trying to get into a market that's not their own. So I could see that would be a challenge. So to us, it's like, but it's Yahoo. Can you read that? Could certainly try. <laughs> I see 2012, 2013. That's all I got. That's all I got. All right. This is kind of funky. Way to use social media to uh, impact the company that is driving you nuts. In a modern spin on the tale of David and Goliath, a disgruntled customer has found a new way to use social media to take on a big corporation. Fed up with the way British Airways was handling the issue of his father's lost luggage, businessman uh, Hassan Sied uh, decided to complain about it, but he took a unique spin. Rather than posting a normal tweet, he actually paid to have one promoted. The promoted tweet uh, bought uh, by Mr. Sied reads, Don't fly British Airways. Their customer service is horrendous. Promoted tweets are generally bought by advertisers who want to reach a wider audience. The paid-for tweet is given high prominence in the Twitter feed of the relevant company. Oh. Oh. It otherwise acts as though it's a normal message, so it can be retweeted by others and people can respond to it, and within a very, very short time, he had a thousand responses and retweets, and and of course, they found the luggage and sent it away. <coughs> Interesting. I mean, are we going to start seeing stuff like this, like, you know, like disgruntled girlfriends promoting tweets to destroy the reputation of their loser boyfriends? And, you know, like, are we going to start? Is that what it has come to? Yeah. Part of this makes me a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. But using advertising to. uh, Yeah. Yeah, I think they're going to have to. It's tough because they'll have to, at some point, they'll have to put down some kind of a rule Mm -hmm. because it's meant to be advertising, but he's kind of taken it and given it a new spin. Cool. Is it all right? Who knows? What do you think? (laughs) What do you think? All right. Microsoft has agreed to to a deal to buy Nokia's mobile phone business for a mere $7.2 billion. Yeah. Nokia will also license its patents and mapping services to Microsoft. Nokia shares jumped 35% on the news, whereas Microsoft's fell more than 5%. (laughs) Uh, The purchase is set to be completed in early 2014, when about 32,000 Nokia employees will transfer to Microsoft. Critics say Microsoft has been too slow to respond to the booming market for mobile devices. It launched its uh, Surface tablet PCs last year, but sales of the devices have been relatively slow. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, I heard this on the news this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of uh, feels like two companies trying to find their way in a world that they have no foundation in. Like Microsoft has the critics have said, is that they're not ahead of their game, that's for sure. They've been holding on to the PC market, yeah. hoping, you know, oh, well, we'll make our operating system kind of look like a tablet OS. Microsoft's pretty resilient. Pretty rich. Yeah, you know, and... and pretty rich. You know, this has got to be scary for my beloved BlackBerry folks. I guess so. Thinking, you know, another uh, Everything's scary device. for them, though. <laughs> well, yeah. 
<laughs> oh no, another smartphone came out before our BlackBerry Z10? Huh. Another one. Oh, back to the drawing board for another two years. <laughs> That's a whole other story. Yeah. But who knows how it's uh, how it's going to be played out. But uh, it'd be interesting to see whether or not this partnership or this buyout is going to increase Microsoft's ability to saturate the mobile phone market because they haven't been really doing that great. Like it's no, really, it's really Android versus iOS. So, you know, that old age-old Mac mm-hmm. versus PC is now Mac, Apple versus Linux. How's that for a twist? That is a twist. Hmm. Okay, what else have we got for you? Final story for the night. Here's something. This guy is a <laughs> clever guy. He's uh, targeted. He's been targeted by marketing companies. Have you ever had those solicitor calls that just, "Hello, is Mr. Kaid there?" Yes. Okay, Mr. Ferguson. I get it all the time, and you get sick of it. It's just the world that we live in. Actually, We're on the do not call anybody list. who calls and says, "And how are you today?" Sir, you know, yes. you, you know what it is. You kind of know. If there's a delay, like their auto yeah. dialer is <laughs> patching yeah. it through to the operator, then you know. So, yeah, we all get sick of it. Even if we're on the do not call list here in Canada, we still get it. Uh, really, really helps to be. I have won about 17 cruises over the last couple of months. Congratulations. This is your captain Actually, calling. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's lovely. I love getting those. Sorry about work. that, folks. So, this guy has been clever about it. Okay. He's sick of it. He's getting all these calls like crazy. So what does he do? In November of 2011, Lee Beaumont paid 10 euros, 10 euros, to get a premium pay-to-call number. You know, like those... Like a 976? Like a 976 here in Canada. (laughs) Like, hello, this is Debbie speaking. You know, like that's... So he bought one of these things. And that's what he gave out to people who might start cold calling him. When you're filling out the little information thing in the store and you, exactly. you give your number. So it's his number. Okay. But here's the kicker. It charges you, when you call him, 10 pence. Yeah. It's, it's, it it's, pays him 7 pence per minute. Okay. So he told uh, BBC Radio recently uh, that the line so far has made him about 300 pounds. <laughs> Mr. Beaumont has been able to increase his revenue... <laughs> Working from home by keeping cold callers on the line by asking them for more details about the products and services that they're offering. Phone Pay Plus, which regulates premium numbers, said it strongly discourages people from adopting this idea. Clever guy. These, these are stories like, how? why didn't I think of that? Yes, but there may be a spate of uh, folks trying to line up that kind of a service and they, they may actually discourage it more vehemently than they're just they might strong but hey worded. let's be up front um sorry uh, just so you know you're being charged 10 cents a minute to talk to me here so talk let's talk how badly do how's, you speak how's your to sister me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my well you can get the full stories at category5.tv slash newsroom this week, the Category 5.TV newsroom is researched by Roy W. Nash with contributions by our community of viewers. If you have a news story you think is worthy of on-air mention, email newsroom at category5.tv. For the Category 5.TV newsroom, I'm Eric Kidd. Thanks, Eric. This is Category 5 Technology TV. It's episode number 311. Thanks for joining us. Um, If you're looking at this on demand, you might notice something different because this week we are really working hard. I mentioned it last week. 
been working on building new transcoders for the show, and we're adapting a whole new format, whole new structure to the back end of our website and how the video is distributed. So this being episode 311, probably be one of the first episodes to go through the new transcoding process. What it means for the end users, for you, is that high-quality video is, on, is available on demand very, very quickly after each broadcast. So we're talking where it used to take 12 hours by using a third party like blip.tv. We take about 12 to um, almost as much as 20 hours to get the video online uh, and available to you. Now it takes about 40 minutes. So the new transcoders is something that I've been developing. Um, it is going to make a huge, very huge nice. difference. The other thing that it means is that everything is going to be hosted not on third-party servers, but on our own content distribution network, which you know, I've kind of hinted I've been working on this for quite some time. We started with integrating syndication into mainland China because we wanted to be able to be viewed by you, our viewers in China. Uh, we love having you watch the show, but it's difficult when you've got to go through a proxy server because your government is blocking Western video sites such as YouTube or um, be it blip.tv, all of these sites are blocked because they're these, I guess because anyone can broadcast on them, right. so they get blocked because they can't really tell who is broadcasting on them. So that's another thing is that it makes us globally accessible. So it's a, it's a really, really big move. It's really, really exciting, and uh, I hope that you'll enjoy the new way that video is distributed through the show. You should already notice that our RSS feeds are extremely fast to download. You're going to find that that is getting even better. And we're introducing the new LD feed, the low definition, for those of you who have limited bandwidth that don't want to spend the money on bandwidth and want to still be able to watch the show. Episodes of Category 5, the full hour, are between 50 and 70 megabytes to download. So it, we're very, very excited about all of the things that are coming. So do watch our website, Category5.tv, uh, to find out more about uh, what's available to you and how you can uh, get active in the community. And we're going to keep on bringing out these great new features for you and making it better and better for you as we go. And as we grow, we're coming up on, uh, on Season 7. So Season 7 starts uh, the f first week of October. Um, and uh, show's getting old. We're getting old. <laughs> We've been around. Growing up, and we're getting to the point where you know we're we're a really long-standing uh, online show, and and we've been doing this faithfully every single week for three hundred and eleven weeks. Here we are. So um, we love having you here. Thanks for joining us for the ride. It's going to be a lot of fun going into season seven because we've got all these exciting things on the go. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I wanted to look at tonight was how to integrate Google Calendar into your website. I've had uh -huh. the question because, you know, one of the things on our website, uh, if, if I could just bring up our website real briefly here, category5.tv, on our website, we've got a, a few different calendar options. If you go to the show and then program schedule, you'll see this is actually a Google Calendar that comes up. And you can tell that it's down in the bottom right-hand side. It's Google Calendar. But it's nice, it's interactive, and it's really, really easy for me to administer because it's a part of my Google account. If you scroll down, though, here's something kind of neat. It's got some information about upcoming shows and what's going on here at the show, who's going to be um, on the show. And did you know that, that that is actually sourced by the Google Calendar API? Wow. So I only ever have to enter everything once and then all of the information is you know, cached on our server and it's manipulated and it's moved around. Um, but the actual Google Calendar is found under program schedule. So this is actually bringing in an iframe of 
Google Calendar. So you see how easy that is. So this is an iframe, and an iframe, as you know, uh, or maybe you don't, but an iframe is, is like a, uh, a frame within your website that allows you to load another website right. within that. So <coughs> using something like Google Calendar, now you've got the ability to bring that into, like I have here, a light box. Right? It doesn't have to be a light box. It might be just a portion of your website. But see, I've actually brought it in as a light box using uh, Fancy Box 2, which I really like as a piece of software. So it allows you to, to have that kind of as a part of your website. So in order to get that set up, all you need is a Google account. You're going to go to google.com or .ca, wherever you are. And within your Google account, I'm going to post links um, to all this stuff. But really, it's, it's easy once you're in Google. All you have to do is go up to the top here and you'll see a button called Calendar. So you may need to create a Google account and if you need to do that, um, you can do that just at Google. Just create an account over the top right. And once you're in there, um, let's see, I'm just going to disable a couple of personal calendars here. There we go. We'll just leave the Category 5 calendar active. So you see that my calendar looks something like this. So this is, in fact, the calendar that powers this calendar. So you see that tonight, co-host Eric Kidd, episode 311, so on, right? So over here, I actually enter that stuff in Google Calendar by clicking. There we go. And I can add information to it. I do that for the episode info. You see that we add the descriptions, and these descriptions, right. if you're subscribed <coughs> to, if you actually receive our emails before each show, you'll notice that this is exactly the same text that you will have received in an email at 6 o'clock tonight, one hour before the show, and it will have said, Eric Kidd was the co-host, and Robbie takes a look at the next generation of Rico Magic Mini PC, etc., because um, it also sources that information. See, I get that information from my Google Calendar using the API, using a PHP script, and then it emails out. Right. So it's all automatic. So I love automation. Send it 14 different Dude, directions. It goes hundreds and hundreds yeah. of directions. So that's all through building third-party scripts that can now interact with your calendar. And there are other ways that you can interact with your calendar that you have created. So once you've got your calendar built, so this is I'm just using my Google account, but you can create your own. If this is for a client job, you might want to create one. But what's nice is I'll just let you know that when you've created a calendar, so I could actually create a calendar within my account for my customer, and then I can share it with them. So I can go share calendar, and I can add, you know, Eric Kidd. And I can tell them that they can make changes to events, but they cannot manage sharing, right? Okay, so, so I can go Eric at Category5.tv. And I can go permission settings, and I can set that to whatever I want. See event details, but I want the calendar to be public in my case because it's going to go up on a website. Right. But this person, I want them to be able to make changes to their events. So then I can add that person. And now, Eric, if I did that, would get an invitation that would say, you're invited to be an administrator on this calendar, Category 5 Technology TV. And then you accept that invitation. It adds it to your Google Calendar. Okay, and now so you, you can, can make changes, adding. you can add events, you mm -hmm. can... As depending on the permission settings right. that are configured there in the share this calendar options. So then we want to, in fact, I, that's fine. I don't need to save the changes because I was just kind of playing around there just to show you. Uh, I want to go up to uh, calendar details up at the top, uh, top left here. Once I've created this calendar, once I'm ready <coughs> to put this calendar up on my website, now is the time to do it. I've got it all ready to go. 
And so I can actually scroll down here, and I'm just going to make sure that there's nothing proprietary on the screen before I do go. Um, and there, unfortunately, is a little bit. wish Google didn't do that. There are buttons for XML, iCal, and HTML output. So with the HTML output, I've pushed that button, and it gives me this link. So now if I click that link, bring it up in a new tab, you'll see that that is my public version of the calendar. Okay. So now I can take that link, and I can do whatever I want with it. And it is going to give me that on my site. So I can link to it, I can just use an href, or I can use an iframe to make it look like it's a part of my website, or even more, I can use the configuration tool, and I can make changes to the way that it's laid out. I can change the way that it looks by going through the configuration tool here. So that's kind of cool. That's very cool. And then I can add it to my website. That's a very, very easy way to do oh, it without having to learn the API. You can change it to a week or a month or an agenda. Absolutely. And whatever you change here, it's going to make that change uh, for your embed code. So if I change to agenda version, so there is the agenda, and I can put that up on my website. That's good for bands who want to just show a list of their upcoming concerts and things yeah. like that. Uh, but you may not have enough to, you know, you, you gig all the time, but I'm thinking about, you know, when I was a band in a band, we may have had a concert once every few months. Right. Because we, so. weren't, we weren't as active as you are. Um, but we wanted people to know. So a month-to-month -month calendar <coughs> looks kind of dumb on my site because it's going to be empty for two months. Right. And look inactive, but the agenda view looks pretty good because you can see, oh yeah, we've actually got calendars booking into next September, so or uh, concerts booking into next right. next September. So that's kind of cool. So easy, easy breezy. And then once you get beyond that point and you want to learn more about how to use the API, get into the Google uh, Calendar API and you can start doing some cool coding like what I do with the website in order to integrate it directly into our weekly mail outs are, and it's all automated so I only have to enter the info once and that's a, a beautiful thing that's beautiful, a beautiful thing. thing yes if you have any questions let us know in the chat room category 5 on Freenode hey everybody we haven't really said hi to everybody in the chat room I see always do masterminds glad masterminds was giving me a rough time healing up well it's nice to see you and good to have you joining us been nice seeing people in the chat room throughout the yeah. week as well. Rob Gore, nice to see you. San Serif. Slick Draco. Invincible mutants out there. Do you see hey, that? Buddy. Agamotto. I am Boris Karloff. Nice to see you. <laughs> Chas Linux. Oops. All right, well, viewer questions. I mean, we, we don't have a whole lot of time to get into your questions, but uh, hey, we're, we're here for you. And uh, again tonight, you know, forgive us for the fact that we were limited on our time tonight. Usually we have a very good amount of time to prepare for you a know, show. You know, I was here a good three minutes before our time. I, I don't know what the big deal is. I know. It was just like a lightning bolt shooting down outside my window. <laughs> Dennis Kelly's back after a reboot. Hey, I've been through one of those tonight. Are you running Windows 2? Hey. No, Windows 7. No. Windows 7. <laughs> Wow. No, actually, he didn't say that. All right. Okay. So what, what do we got? Do you want a question? I'd we love... time for a question? We've got time for two questions, maybe. Hi, Robbie and crew. Hey. I guess I'm crew. With all the concerns regarding social networking privacy, i.e. the NSA, GCHQ, snooping on everyone, then 
Here is an alternative free open source cross-platform application that allows secure audio, video, data transfer, and messaging. It seems to be a good alternative to Skype. Mm. Of course, referring to Jitsi. Uh-huh. J-I-T-S-I. Yes. He's used it successfully to access Google Talk service and hosted four-person conference with no problems. Hmm. Maybe worth a few minutes mention on air sure, to inform well, the viewers. Here we're doing it. We're happy, it. happy to mention it. Absolutely. Jitsi is, uh, as you see on the screen there, open source video calling. So it's like an open source version of Skype. If I understand correctly, though, it's also encrypted. And it's uh, it's built to be quite private and, and not have to worry about that kind of thing, which is brilliant. Um, but it takes the community adopting it, I think, in order to really make it usable. Because for me... I wouldn't be able to just, you know, switch to Jitsi as much as I'd love to explore alternatives to Microsoft Skype. But the fact is, is that like anything, right? It it takes everybody making the move. So um, if I want to do an interview and I say, well, you can Jitsi video call us. Oh, right. what's that? But if I say I use Skype video call us, everybody has it, knows it, got it on the on their smartphone. So that's really what we need to do. So everybody install Jitsi. Jitsi.org, J-I-T-S-I, and the links will be in the show notes for episode number 311. Let's check that out. Thanks for the tip. What else you got for me? Well, let's see. This uh, is this a question? Don't know. All excellent shows as usual. Uh, thanks for the smallest computer show a month ago. Yeah. And, and today. And again today. Yeah. <clears throat> I've been very busy and moved. Oh. Well. Hope it all went and, well. And uh, thank goodness I can catch the show later if I missed it. Thanks again. Indeed. And I hope okay, you enjoy was, the, uh, the new Steve. RSS feeds and everything. Hey, Steve. Oh, and our friend. Hey, Kekekek. Hi, Robbie and gang. I've been called a lot of things. But here I am, gang. Whoops. I lost it. I've been yeah, yeah, really enjoying loads of past episodes here. via the RSS feeds. <laughs> Somewhere, I think Robbie described how to retrieve some of the early episodes by going to cat5.tv slash archive and changing the three digit number at the end of the URL to the episode I want. Oh yeah? This seems to end up at Ustream but after the ad finishes the little wheel in the center of the screen just spins and nothing happens. I've tried this with Firefox, Chrome and Opera with the same result. Any ideas? Really love the show especially the geekiness of it. The geekiness. Keep up the good work. That's Carl. That link, cat5.tv slash archive, is archived in and of itself. It oh. just is so old. Um, we're on CDN now. Like, that was way back. See, so you see it actually resolves to RobbieF.com. That's before we even owned Category5.tv as a domain. Now what you would do is play.cat5.tv slash uh, 100 to play episode 100. Right? Just like that. And you can actually tell it what episode just by adding the episode number at the end of play.cat5.tv. Right? Very nice. So that's how you do it these days. Play.cat5.tv. That's how you do it. All right. And that will probably remain for for years because that's our content distribution network. So that's the way things have gone. And the old one... Um, is no longer in effect. So what I'll actually do, I'll edit that. How about I edit slash archive? And I'm going to redirect to the new one. Just nice for you, kek, kek, kek. Kek, kek, I'm sorry. Thanks for pointing it out. I guess that's bound to happen. We're, you know, been on the air for seven years and gave out a URL 
five years ago and forgot you know, all about it. I was going to say nothing. No, no, I'm going to say it's like being married and, you know, say something five years ago and <laughs> gets remembered. <clears throat> Sorry. The one thing, I should check here, kek kek kek. Um, is episode one ready? Well, this is the thing. I don't know how you get to episode one. Oh, okay, that's how. So it's not zero it's, zero it's one. Not it's zero zero one. one. It's Who's just that young guy. With, it's just simply oh. one. So that's the first episode. So um, in order to get to the sub tens, so it's not zero ten zero eleven as it used to be formed because we had three digits. We actually changed that so that it's actually the number. So one two eleven. All right. Right. So that's that's the difference. Cool. Time for one more. Oh, sure. I think so. I thought uh, okay. Some of those Chas Linux is mentioning in the uh, in the chat room there are available through Miro Internet TV, and that is certainly the case. Our RSS feeds as well have um, some episodes that go way way back. But keep this in mind, uh, community, that if you're watching, you're subscribed to the HD feed. We was not HD when we first started up. Yeah. So if you're subscribed to the feed, which is 720p HD. You're not going to find the first season or the second season or the third season or the fourth season, I don't think. Whenever we brought in HD video, that would be where that feed began because that's when HD began. So, And that's all changing too. Our feeds are going to be changing over the next little while to make it easier for you to find stuff. But keep that in mind. All right. Here's a question from Garth from London. Hey, Garth. Hi, Robbie. Hey. I need help. My PC won't shut down while in Point Linux, but it's fine with Windows. So, not a hardware problem. I really don't want to have to reinstall. Can you help? Well, if you can't shut down, the first thing that I would try is you know, de- determining if it's the shutdown script that is not working for you. Uh, really, really quick way. Go into your terminal and type sudo halt and hit enter and see if your computer shuts down make sure you save your work before you do that because that is yeah, i thought to. you were about to hit enter i was not don't you dare <laughs> or you can hit alt f2 and do a similar thing gk sudo halt and that will do the same thing it what's the gk standing for well that means we're in the the, uh, the gui so okay. we can't use sudo because it's going to prompt for a password right, right. so if i do um, gk sudo echo hi it's going to prompt me for my super user password because GK sudo says run it as oh right but echo obviously that's a poor example poor example Eric GK sudo is like sudo for within your desktop all right got another one for me sure trying to knock some of these off okay this is from Dave hey Dave I'm Boris Karloff hey Blackland Australia asks Hey, Robbie, is I mean, there going to be a creating... No, I got told not to say good day. Robert Korzynski already corrected yes. us on that. So Throw make, another yes. shrimp so on the Barbie. It makes you sound like a freaking tourist, I, I think am is what he said. I am a tourist. Yeah, okay. I would love to be a tourist in your country. How, how's Mr. Korzynski doing? Okay. Hey. Okay. Hey, Robbie, is there going to be a creating a virtual machine of your real system part two? Thanks, Dave. Yes, Dave. Uh, And in fact, uh, we talked a little bit about where you can find our calendar on our website, category5.tv. You'll see that it's in the calendar. So um, check that out. Of course, when we schedule things, it is subject to um, various things. So it could change, but the calendar, generally speaking, is set 
fairly firmly. We set it about, what, four to six weeks in advance, yeah. give or take, is usually when we have things kind of planned in. So check that out on our website, category5.tv. All right. One more? One more. All right. Okay. And this is from uh, The Naked Cook. Not hey, the, not Naked the Cook. Na- not The Naked Chef, The Naked Cook. It's a different thing altogether. Well, <laughs> Naked <laughs> Cook from United Kingdom asks, Hi, Robbie. Your program goes out here at midnight on a working weeks, so I'm sorry for not being able to chat to you as I needed my bed. Yeah, I did cool. stay up hoping you'd be able to help, but as you said... Your program ran overtime, so you oh, were unable to answer your questions. Doing it again questions. tonight. We're trying. Point Linux won't shut down or reboot. Oh, hey, we had hey, this. this. This must this, be Garth. No, this is... Naked well, Cook. Okay. Is this uh, the same thing? Or, or just uh, the same guy? Or uh, Oh, it is Garth. Oh. So perhaps oh. we don't need to so uh, read this one again. Twice in a row, maybe? Yeah. Well, hey, thank you for uh, for sending it in. I hope that uh, I hope that that gives you any kind of help. What else is in that email? It looks longer than the last one. Well, he goes into more detail. Okay. After watching the show, I decided to do a reinstall. So on Wednesday, I oh, used okay. EasyBCD to delete Grub and write the MBR. One problem: the bootloader was gone. Okay. I always boot to Windows first, a sound thing, and then boot to Linux. Mm-hmm. I'd done this. 10 minutes before I decided to do the reinstall. Everything worked fine, except the reboot slash shutdown from Point Linux. Worked hmm. fine with Windows, so is not a hardware issue. I've loaded Zorin for the meantime just to keep me on the Linux side of things, but I'm wondering if this could happen again. I did have to reinstall Windows. Help. If you remember, I asked you a question about hardware. I'm beginning to wonder, as my system seems more prone to crashes, using AMD drivers. Garth. Hmm. It could. I, I mean, it could be issues, but quite frankly, Garth, the, just backing up to your, your first question there, uh, once you've figured out if GK's, uh, if if Halt shuts down your computer, um, then you would know that, okay, it's just a script issue. So something in the power off script is, for some reason, not working. Because when you click on shut down, it's running the power off script, and for some reason it's not responding in your particular case. So it would just be diagnosing why that is, and it could be hardware-specific, but it doesn't necessarily mean that there's a problem with your hardware. So don't think that that's necessarily the case. Thanks, All right. for, thanks for sending in the emails. So where are we? Are we uh, out of time? Are we going to... Do something. one more. Got something here from the Oh, you guys are going to Make it a talented. quick one. I'll start the tunes. <laughs> uh, from the lovely and talented uh, Roy W. Nash. Hey, Roy. Hi, Robbie and Eric. Hey. After watching your segment on Magrify, Magrify, did I say that correct? Magrify. I should tell you that's how you say it. Episode 310. It inspired me to write a script. Are you done? Yes. (laughs) To write a script that would do the job without the terminal. Okay. Aimed at those, those who fear the terminal. Don't fear the terminal. Please feel free to improve or modify it in any way. It would be nice, for instance, to have the progress bar increase in real time, etc. Well, that's a neat idea. Anyway, if you can't find a use for it, then send it to the trash can, <laughs> a.k.a. Scorpio55. Kind regards. Okay, so it, is this a Zenity script? Awesome. So Zenity is like a way to create um, GUI applications in Linux based on... Um, bash code. Oh. So, really, really cool. I'll take a look at that. I'll post it in the... Uh, you know what? I, 
I almost want you to put it up on like GitHub or something so that I can post the link to it, uh, Roy, because then people could make their changes and suggest updates and things like that. In the meantime, uh, you know, you could post it in the show notes on the comments section and people could comment on it. Um, so I'll post it in the show notes for you. Uh, thanks for sending it in. And of course, uh, if you have comments about the script, feel free to comment in the bottom of the, uh, of the show notes for episode number 311. But hey, that's all the time that we have for tonight, folks. Eric, it's good to see you. Of this age, is good oh. to be seen. Sorry. <laughs> Just shot my pen up in the air and is down on the ground now. Uh, Erica Lalonde is going to be joining us next week. We're going to be talking to somebody from a company that has recently partnered with VMware about how they are impacting the vCloud. You don't want to miss that. Uh, it's going to be a fun show. So have a great week. A great week. You have a good week. Nice to see you. Yeah. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for stopping thanks by. For, thanks, thanks for, for having me. By. We're going to go play with our HTPC and have a fantastic week, everybody. We'll see you next Tuesday. See ya. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. 